Welcome to room 4216. I'm so glad you've come. Reading the Bible can be difficult. Not to mention understanding it. Mm -hmm. Having a disability such as blindness or another can be difficult too. Sometimes it feels like God's not even there. But in room 4216... God shows us His path and we find... We are not alone. In room 4216, we have described and talked about many different things. One of the things, however, we have not yet talked about is worship. Last week we read in one little part of a verse, Philippians 3.3, We who worship by the Spirit of God. Oh, worship the King, glorious then we who have a disability, who aren't able to get to church, or because of our disability have a very difficult time in a church building, what about us? We decided to pick up this topic because... Paul speaks about it right here in verse 3, worshiping by the Spirit of God. And I have talked to so many people who struggle with the whole concept of worship, especially when they have a disability or other things. Worship is a very interesting thing, isn't it, Cecilia? It certainly is. And uh, Pastor Dave. Mm Mm-hmm. I've got a list of questions again. Mm, I bet you do. Several pages long, too. I would think our listeners actually on this topic would kind of like it because I'm guessing quite a few of our listeners have similar questions about worship. All right. Do I have to go to church? By all means, my dear, you must go to church. 
know what kind of pastor you are, but you just scared me half to death. I know, I know. And it used to be, I mean, there. everyone says, yes, you got to go to church. Well, what do people do who are paralyzed? What do people do when they're shut in? What do people do when, when they call? Can't get transportation? Yeah. When, you, when, you're, when your paratransit just won't get you times? So I'm going to say for the moment, no, but I'm going to come back to that. Go on. Okay. There are all kinds of different worship styles in churches. Mm, mm-hmm. uh, in our Lutheran church, we mm-hmm. do something called liturgy. Roman Catholic, too. And those mm-hmm. two consist of about three-fourths, if not a bit more, of all Christian churches and people in the United States. So, first of all, can you quickly tell us, uh, tell the listeners, what is liturgy? Uh, l- what was you had another question following that real quick, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Do go ahead. Okay, because it relates. Um, does worship have to be liturgy? Okay, and I'm, I'm and I I wanted you to say that purposefully. Um, you picked so, at my questions. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I just kind of yeah. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> liturgy is a form or or type of 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 back and forth it's meant to be objective rather than subjective objective means it comes from outside of you subjective is within you i feel like pizza today that's a subjective question okay if mom said uh, you sit down at the table and mom says we are having meatloaf today and you sit there and you go but i don't like meatloaf well what mom said is very objective because it's outside you but mom uh just to, to put liturgy into, a, into kind of a good focus here, uh-huh. mom might know that I love meatloaf. You're right. Uh, so liturgy is not a bad thing. Oh, absolutely correct. But the idea is it starts from without. Mm. So it's not based on how I feel today, mm. but rather on something else. And this wraps into different meanings of worship, which we're going to get to in a bit. But I'll just summarize this question of liturgy right now. It's usually made up of of Bible verses, uh, whether it be Psalms, um, uh, there's a confession, absolution. It's it's kind of a structure that moves you through uh, coming into the presence of God, confessing your sins, receiving forgiveness, coming to before Him to praise Him, hearing His word, um, and then uh, confessing what you believe, going to Him in prayer, and um, going out rejoicing. I just did a quick summary of what a liturgy can do, and it moves you through that many times with the very same words or a variation. That was a very good summary, yeah. Now to one of my favorite topics, mm-hmm. music. Hmm. I've heard that in some churches they don't allow instruments at all, mm-hmm. but then in other churches they allow only organ or maybe piano. But then in some churches they don't like the organ, they want the guitars and the drums. Okay, I gotcha. First, those that don't have any music, those are the ones that say it's got to be from the Bible. If it's in the Bible, we can do it, but if it's not in the Bible, then we don't do anything other than what the Bible says. And they don't find guitars and organs and pianos listed in the Bible, so they don't do it. And not many people can play harps and lyres. Yeah. Um, And so they go without music and just word and meditation. Um, As to then the other instruments, I'm going to kind of walk the line here. 
Um, some really firmly believe it has to be in Oregon. Well, truly, in Oregon came about because of the large cathedral churches, the Gothics, uh, in in in, um, in in Europe, mm-hmm. and it was a way to fill the 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 room. They didn't have pianos. They didn't have electronics. Um, all they had were harpsichords and little things that could hardly fill the room. So this could fill the room, mm-hmm. and that's why they went with it. Now people are going to more of the electronics because they're better controlled. Those who are purists say, nope, we've got to stick with organ. Technically, biblically, there's no reason other than preference. There. That do all your questions? No. Okay, what? I've got two more. <sighs> First, what if I don't feel like I've worshipped? I've gone to church, but I just don't feel like I've worshipped. Ooh. And you said two questions. The other? How... Can I, as a blind person, appreciate the visual elements of worship? There are so many. There's what the pastor's mm. wearing, and there's what the altar looks like, and there's how the church is decorated. And- okay, slow down, slow oh. down. <laughs> we'll pick both of those up later in this episode. Pastor Dave, what is worship, 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 worship? Okay, Jesus, we'll leave you here and get food, but it's going to get awfully lonely. Oh, I'll be fine. Please, go ahead and get some food. Oh, it sure is hot here today. Hmm. I sure could use a drink of water. Ah. Woman, give me a drink of water. Sir, you are from Judea. I am a Samaritan. The last I knew, Judeans do not associate with Samaritans. If you knew who was asking you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. You don't have a bucket or a even a cup to draw water with, and this well is deep. Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us this well and drank from it himself? The water I give will well up to everlasting life. All right. Give me this water, so that I won't have to be thirsty and come back here again. Hmm. Okay. Uh, Go call your husband, please. I have no husband. (laughs) You're right. You've had five husbands, and the man you're with right now is not your husband. Uh, I can see that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you Judeans claim that it's right to worship only in Jerusalem. So, which is true? Believe me, woman, a time is coming that we will worship neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We Judeans worship what we do know. But a time is coming when the true worshipers will worship in spirit and in truth. For these are the kind of worshipers that the Father wants. The Father is spirit, and his worshipers will worship him in spirit And in truth. I know that Messiah is coming, and when he comes, 
He will explain all of this to us. Woman, I am He. This narration about Jesus and the woman at the well was taken from the Gospel of John, chapter 4. Hmm. All right, I think I get it. We are to worship in truth. That means that we don't tell lies when we're no, worshiping. No, 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 no. In, in the Word of God, truth is always referring to the Word of God. The truth is God's Word because it has no lies to pick up your little phrase. Oh, that's, that's so it true. has to be wrapped around the Word of God. And so just to have a, a, a self indulgent, self glorifying, self fulfilling type of uh, um, uh, positive uh, uh, gathering. That's not worship. Mm, it has to like, have the word of God. Like the story of the disciples as they were saying, look what we did. We, right. we cast out demons and Jesus said, yeah, well, don't get too cocky about it. Yep. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. So that's the, the truth. Okay. Then the spirit of God. Well, uh, I know that, that uh, we don't sacrifice anymore and... And so I know that we don't have to go to Jerusalem to worship anymore. So that must mean that we don't have to go to church to worship. Right? See if you can back that one up. <laughs> You're partly right. There is a half truth, so I can't just say no. At least I'm not telling a lie. <laughs> Spirit does mean it is not just at Jerusalem, not just at in a specific spot. That's the special thing about worship of the New Testament. It is wherever God is, and God is everywhere. And probably, if I'm going to back it up, the first thing I'd go to is Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Offer yourselves as a living sacrifice. This is uh, your, in view of God's mercy, offer yourselves as a living sacrifice. This is the pleasing and accepting worship of God. So again, this is the pleasing and accepting worship of God. Offer yourselves as a living sacrifice. So really, we're hitting two things here. One, that it, it deals with worship. It is our daily life. Wherever God is... And it's our sacrifice to others, meaning first to God as we serve others. And that's that service thing that comes in again. It comes in all the time around here. It does. It does. So that's the general concept of worship. It's something Christians now do every day, not just once a day. And yes, we do sacrifice. It is our very lives in service to other people. Ah, so I don't have to go to church then. Well... Remember, worship is spirit and truth. Truth is the word of God. There is a Bible verse in Hebrews chapter 10. It says, do not forsake the gathering of believers. We do need to gather. There, there is something about corporate gathering. Because if we are alone, all we have is our own interpretation, our own thoughts, our own words, our own voice, and blah, 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 blah. 
where we need one another. God works through people as well as through other things to bring his word to us. And so we need to be with people who are trained with God so that he can come to us. All right. What about the first century Christians? They didn't have a lot of people, if anyone, to gather with. Yeah, you're right. But when they did, they did. And just because there aren't people, that doesn't mean we shouldn't. When we have the opportunity, we should. What about those Christians who are in places like Saudi Arabia and North Korea who are under persecution? If they get together, it could mean their lives. Mm. And some of them are more than willing to give their lives because they value being in the support of other Christians. It's something that many people with disabilities don't understand, probably because we've had bad experiences gathering with people. But sometimes that so overweighs the positives that can come between prayer and encouragement and hearing the word of God from other people, even as we're doing here in room 4216. I'm glad you mentioned people with disabilities and worship. There are times when I go to worship and there may be a lot of people around me, but I feel alone. And I go away feeling as though I haven't worshipped at all. Hmm. Well, you're not alone. That's true with a lot of people. couple thoughts there. One, worship isn't about feeling. It's not? Hmm. You know, even as I say that, I thought, oh my, did I say the wrong thing? Because for some, that is what worship is to be, a high that lifts you up. And if you don't feel uplifted, it isn't worship, or it wasn't good worship, or it wasn't satisfying worship. Um, if that's all you're looking for in worship, all you're looking for is a, is, is a, a, a pep and, 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 a, and a slug of caffeine spiritually. Worship can be that, but those are usually the great celebratory type. If you're going to worship on a regular basis, you're going for a different reason, or at least you should be. And it's not the feeling good or feeling together. In fact, it's not about feelings at all. It's more about understanding that God is coming to you and then you give back to God, both there and in your in your world. I had a professor who called it Godestines. It's a German word. Worship or service of God. And that can mean God serves me or I serve God. Service of God. And so worship many times can and should be that way, especially if it's a regular basis. It helped me to understand, though, the separation of a, of a weekly type versus a celebratory type. The celebratory type, yeah, go, get your good feeling, and feel uplifted by God. But that's not the regular worship where, we're fi- where we need to be fed and strengthened, encouraged and supported, not from people, but from God. Now, there's one last thing. If you go to a place, and I've talked to many people, including those with disabilities, who say, okay, I get you, but I keep going, and I do not feel uplifted and encouraged. Mm-hmm. And sadly, I will admit that can happen. Absolutely. Yeah, we but get not the just pat with... on the head and the it's nice to mm-hmm. be with you and bless you. And it's but so if you talk to, to any teenager, they'll say the same thing. 
If you talk to any uh, 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 60-year-old who's just lost their spouse, they'll say the same thing. Really? Yes. See, it's, it's not just about me. It's about Jesus. Pastor Dave, I, I don't tell you enough, but I really do admire you, and I oh. appreciate you. You're welcome. I mean, you take all all this time to answer my questions, and mm-hmm. and uh, you're to. you're very patient about it. Yeah. And uh, but you drive me crazy. <laughs> Would you like to know why? I think I'm going to find out whether I want to know or not. That's right. Mm-hmm. Because you didn't answer my question, which was. What is worship? Worship, 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 worship. Okay. We'll start real simple and basic. The fascinating thing about New Testament worship versus Old Testament worship, it is wherever we are because God is there. That's the spirit. Second, it is always directed to God. It's an engagement of relationship between us and God. And it was that way in the Old Testament, too. Um, I mean, they went to the temple, they offered sacrifices, they offered prayers, so it was directed to God. We do the same, but we don't offer bloody sacrifices, because that has been done. Jesus did that. So the sacrifices now we offer are our, our praise, our adoration, and our prayers to him on behalf of people. So far Okay. So far, yes. Okay. Our worship in the New Testament takes on another whole aspect. All our life is emphasized. Not that it wasn't in the Old Testament, but everything we do. That's why we are a witness, that, that we are like a light, as Jesus says. Uh, our, our good deeds are like a light on the mountain. Uh, Our words uh, declare him who brought us out of darkness into his marvelous light, quoting 1 Peter uh, 2, 9. Uh, So every day is part of our worship. From the time that we are a newborn baby and are baptized. Correct. That is emphasized. So really, I think what you're asking in what is worship and what a lot of people think of is that gathering time. When we gather... There, again, it needs to have God's presence. God needs to be there. So his word has to be there. Now, how that takes on its form and shape, um, there's variations with music, without music. uh, With liturgy, without liturgy. Correct. One person up front or the whole group and assembly speaking back and forth. I will admit there are some ways that I think might be better than others, Uh, in the long run, that give more benefit than others. But there are times that what I think is better isn't so good. For example, the liturgy can bring you through the cycle of of Jesus' birth, his suffering, his resurrection. It brings you then through our birth, our suffering, our resurrection. It gives the highs and the lows. Mm -hmm. But if it's just done out of rote, with no I imp- believe in God the Father Almighty Maker of heaven put and earth put by and the yeah. pastor of his being, 
then it's very boring, and that's a problem. That's a problem. So any type of worship can have issues. But, again, as long as God's word is there, and there's interaction between us and God, and that that interaction is based around Jesus and what he did for us, then we offer him our thanksgiving, our praise, our prayers in worship in that collective place. So that would be the collective worship. And it takes on many different mm, forms, shapes, sizes. And you've asked twice, and I've skirted the issue, as I always do as a pastor. Um, Pastors sometimes learn that political speak, (sighs) answer and don't answer. Do I have to come to that public worship? The answer is yes and no. It's more to the question, why are you asking? Is it so you can just get get away from me? You don't have to, so you can sleep in? Well, uh... Then you better go. But if it is because it is demeaning and it doesn't fit who I am as an individual with a disability and it's actually demeaning, maybe no, maybe you shouldn't because then it's not doing what it's meant to do. But it's not about me, you said. It's about Jesus. That's right, that's right. And so even there, I would encourage people to go anyway and look for God being present because that's where he said he would be when there are two or three gathered, there I am. And I want to be on record that I don't always beat around the bush. I don't always speak out of both sides of my mouth. And I don't answer always with multiple questions. Sometimes I just tuck the question. (laughs) (laughs) And I did. But I want to come back to it because it was a good one we haven't even touched on. What about the visual for people who are blind in a worship service? That really varies. You know, really, uh, throughout the Middle Ages, that's why you had stained glass windows. Those were pictures, stories in, in, in a picture as the sunshine streamed through that stained glass, showing Jesus in a boat calming the sea, or um, uh, of, of a triangle over top of a circle, the Trinity over top of earth, or on and on it goes. And though people don't always remember the words, they can remember the picture as they're plowing their field, and they can remember then what the pastor said, and so it's a memory clip thing. Now, I have talked to a lot of people who have uh, lost their sight, and they, they, they literally have said, I've, I, it's like God left the, the place because I can't see the pastor, I can't see the altar, I can't see the hymnal. Well, sometimes people do fix everything they do into visual, and that's a problem. We need to base our faith in all of our senses, not just sight. Not just sound, but also include taste, touch, and smell. That way, we're bringing in the message of God through all of these. And I'd love to pick up on that someday later, on how that can be done. Practically, what does this mean? Well, some churches do it better, some do it worse. I know one pastor who, uh, at an outreach center, uh, on a Saturday, he took all his people around and said, this is what it is, and this, and he'd talk about it I and let them feel it. I was there Were you? Oh, yes, it that's was why wonderful. I remember it. Yeah, because literally everything was touched and then it talked about. It was a feast about. for all the senses. Yeah, and really, if you've got all those visual things in a church, a pastor rightly should be talking about them, so that as people see them, they understand what they are. And there's nothing wrong with going to your pastor and asking about some of those visual elements, is there? 
By all means, that's a great idea, Cecilia. Now, some pastors will be happy to do it. Some, because they're so busy, uh, may say, I don't have time. And Then just ask, well, can you direct me to somebody else in the church to do it for me? And he probably can. Worship is meant to be God coming to you. Even as we here in room 4216 love to come to you and share. We do. But we want you also to come to us. Send us an email. Tell us your thoughts. And with that, also tell us things that you would like us to, uh, to pick up as other topics uh, as we come across them in the Word of God. You can write us by... At info, I-N-F-O, at not-alone, N-O-T-A-L-O-N-E, dot net... You can also find us on Facebook at Dave.Andrus or at Room 4216. Regardless, we are not alone. Do come back again to Room 4216. Credits. I am Jesus Little Lamb on piano by Cecilia Lee. Interlude music by Terry Nord and Robert Vaughn. Here I am to worship by Phillips Craig and Dean. O Worship the King, the Fireside Singers, Majesty, Bill and Gloria Gaither. All Creatures of Our God and King, Moranatha Music, Come, Now is the Time to Worship, Brian Dirksen, We Will Glorify, Twyla Paris, Bless the Lord, 10,000 Reasons, Matt Redmond. <laughs> 